Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Adnan Shafi, and I'm going to be a host for Pariah Nation today. So today we have a wonderful guest, um, Chief. You know, would you just like to introduce yourself? It's Mololo, mm-hmm. Mololo from Chief. What, what, what do you want me to say? <laughs> Literally, just tell me anything about yourself. About myself. Like, what uh, you do? I make music. I produce. I sing. I rap. Mm-hmm. I write. Um, and I'm a business. Mm. Mm. Tell us more about that, because a lot of people. Um, especially in the African context, don't really grasp the idea of art being monetized. Um, ultimately, I think when it comes to music, you're not necessarily monetizing the art, you're monetizing you mm-hmm. as a brand. So personal branding is personal something brand. that's important. That's that's why you find some artists, the song, one song will blow up for them, mm. and then they never recover from that and they become a one-hit wonder versus mm. others they learn to have people attached to them as a brand so that whatever type of song they release people will go with it yeah so it becomes more like your personality is attached to the music yeah whatever personality you choose to put out it doesn't necessarily mm. have to be real mm. yeah. so if you don't mind me asking what what is your music personality or is it more ambiguous it's more ambiguous man you know it's not necessarily I don't have to say it it's just what I do Mm-hmm. People have a certain impression of me in their mind, um, and I make a point not to stick to one type of music, so that whatever mm-hmm. type of music I release in the future, it's like people are gonna go with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and like in the African context, do you believe that we have enough people that are making music? I don't know. It depends on what you mean by enough, man. Because mm. again, there's different markets, and some of them are very saturated. Um, but I don't think you can ever have enough people making music, man. Mm. Music is a form of self-expression. Everyone can make music if they wanted to, man. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, it's like talking to me. Mm. It's like, <laughs> yeah, know, in in-depth communication. Yeah, precisely, man. Yeah. So anyone and everyone should be able to do it, in my opinion. And they can tell any story that they they'd like. Precisely, whatever they have yeah. in their head. Yeah, no, I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah. And like, um, I mean, the reason why I asked that question is, um, there's a heavily, uh, westernized music scene just mm. that's dominated the world as it stands today. So, um, I guess my question would be: Is that do you feel like African music has gotten its cut in quotes, in terms of the world definitely of music? Definitely not, man. Mm-hmm. We're coming for a cut right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're coming for it, man. We're really coming for that uh-huh. cut right now, bro. 
Yeah, we've definitely think, not gotten our cut, man. We've, we've definitely seen a lot of diasporan artists. Yeah, do. but I don't know if you yeah. saw um, Offset. You know Offset, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amigos. He posted, or I think it was Cardi B that posted on her IG story. Mm-hmm. Offset was dancing. You heard the song "Party After Party." Yeah, Offset yeah. was dancing to "Party After Party," bro, and he went viral on TikTok, and like it was viral everywhere. Man. Yeah, it's like yeah. now they're starting to see. That this is actually a place with its own stories, with its own parties. People mm. like to turn up here as well. Mm. You know? I think it's a good thing. Like they're finally starting to accept it, um, and we're start finally starting to have a market there as well. Yeah, so I think good. we're. I think Burner Boy is going to be performing on the thirty first of December, and uh, yeah. we've recently just had Diplo perform. Was it yeah, last night? night? Yeah. So I think. Nairobi especially is becoming a huge destination. Yeah, Gold Link is coming mm-hmm. on the fifth of January. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of coffee from Jamaica is coming next weekend. Yeah, and Masigo yeah, also Masigo came through. Came. Yeah, it was, it's a um, bunch of Sunnel from South Africa. You know Sunnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming ne- next weekend. Nice. Mad. Yeah, no, I think if in terms of like is the African music industry growing, I think the answer is definitely yes. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, I was in South Africa last year around this time, and I was very privileged to have been at the Global Citizen concert, where we had really big African names like Casper Nyovest mm-hmm. showing up and showing in, an international audience what African music can do. I mean, like yeah. the stadium was shaking, it's heavy. and like people were like, "Okay, this is the first time Global Citizen has happened in Africa." It's like a huge thing. Mad. That's mm-hmm. wild, man. Yeah, people people have thrown some huge concerts. I know Nasisi brought out Ghana. You know Ghana, mm. um, from YSL. Um, Nasisi brought him out. I think two weeks ago. I, that was such a boss move. You know, mm. instead of Ghana bringing Nasisi out at his show, Nasisi brought Ghana out at his show, man. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like, you. Big man Yeah. No, I think it's 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 a great thing. Um, and like, I don't know we. I think the reason why we're seeing so much less in terms of creativity from the the African side is because mainly people, I, I think most people go through the traditional route yeah. of like education, nine to five. Yeah. Like here it's more instilled than yeah. a place like, for example, in Europe <clears throat> or a place like even in the US, for example. Um, so what's, what's your opinion on that? I don't know, man. I think the way a lot of African kids are brought up, there's that thing from your parents. It's like you're either, you know, like a doctor or a lawyer or a engineer, <laughs> you know, or a failure, man. It's like, yeah. um, and a lot of times, even I go through that trying to explain to my relatives, like what I'm actually doing with my life. They don't understand. Mm. They think it's like a phase, a bubble that's going to burst. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and of course, with every career like this you're going to have people who question who mm. question such things question its sustainability mm. you know what i mean um but i don't know ultimately as long as you're in it and your heart's in it then mm. yeah you know that stuff matters yeah. yeah i think just generally speaking um i know several students not even just on the continent but outside that have come from the perspective that if I if I don't get the degree or anything, especially in Africa, like artists are just gonna be starving out here. 
Yeah. You know, so I'm like, <laughs> are you stopping? <laughs> no, I'm not stopping, but I'm getting a degree still. Ah, okay. Just just because I because I because I like reading. Actually, tell me <laughs> more about that. Like, is it more so you're at university at the moment? Yeah. Um, and you're doubling as a musician. No, I'm a musician. Doubling as a student. Yeah, yeah. Doubling as a student. Yeah, school is school is my hobby, man. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I enjoy school, man. Mm. I like learning. I like the process. So when did you figure out that music was for you? When I was like twelve or thirteen, when I started producing, and from there it was all like just it all happened so quickly, man. Mm. Okay, it feels quick now, but back then, yo, I really grinded, man. Mm. Producing hours straight, like every single day mm. for years, man. I think it's been six years now, seven years. Damn. Yeah. And singing almost every day for the past three years, rapping mm-hmm. almost every day for the past three years. Like a skill you have to keep developing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I think. So you've moved, you used to produce under the name Tenve and... Uh, yeah, back um, in the day. Back in the day, and you used to produce predominantly EDM. EDM. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, you definitely blew up, like, Trap City picked one of your beats. And it got, let's say, 690,000, and you were featured on one of the top 10 beat drops, one of those... Yeah. And it technically yeah, got yeah, 3 million views, right? more technically yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and of course on soundcloud you managed to grow a huge listener base um yeah and, and a lot spotify of people also you know i still get like five thousand monthly listeners on spotify wow 10 v it's wild man. 10 v and you decided to drop 10 v yeah 100%. and to to start something new i mean most most people would call you crazy most people would ask why uh and yeah. on that behalf um I think you oh, probably whoa. thought about it for a long time before you, you know, decided to drop it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yo, I really thought about it, man. Because mm-hmm. um, ultimately, it wasn't just my decision. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I'm in this with my friend, Omar, my best friend. And initially, it was three of us, actually. Me, him, and another girl. And as we got better and better, mm-hmm. I started to look at it more seriously. Because mm-hmm. after a while, I realized 10 view wasn't me, man. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I think Bernabo also talks about this stuff, man. Like, I had to go back to my roots, to who I actually am, what actually influenced me growing up, um, and find out how to tell my own unique story, not just the story that was popular at the time, mm. you know. Um, and that's what led me to this particular point. That's what led me to tend towards more hip hop, rap, Afro, dancehall, Caribbean sounds. Mm. Yeah. Because to me, the, I don't know, it just, it, it goes deeper than surface, man. And at the time, EDM was very surface for me. Mm. Yeah, yeah so no, I, I get you. I think during that time, there was definitely a lot of big room house. That yeah. Was, yeah, for those who don't know what big room house is, we're talking Martin Garrix animals, we're yeah. talking flute, yeah. we're talking helicopter, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about plaster, red lights, heavy... I'd say Avicii did some big room house. Yo, Avicii was one of my favorite artists. R.I.P. I cried when he died. Yeah. I'm actually going to get an Avicii tattoo. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah, that's pretty. Getting an Avicii tattoo. Yeah. No, I think Avicii definitely had an impact on my life too. Yeah. Um, he nuanced that sort of, uh, 
I guess, an EDM background, but he yeah. made it more acoustic. Yeah. And it was really interesting to see him do that. Yeah. But um, actually, speaking of nuances, like, for producers who are going to make it, because I'm, I'm assuming that one of the listeners today, um, there's another listener who I know is very interested. He's producing beats as well. Like, um, what would you prefer people to do? Would you prefer people to stick with the trends or to become the trend and find a way to make it sustainable or should people just stick to their craft and even if like let's say you only have 10 10 weekly viewers like then just stick to it like what, what's your advice generally because you've been experienced for almost six seven years um do whatever you want mm-hmm. uh, do whatever you want i think i believe that good music eventually gets heard Mm. Um, whether it's now or later and I've experienced that a lot with some of the songs I've released like in the past two years or so initially when we released them they weren't really slow and I was like what in the world is happening mm-hmm. and then we put them on Apple Music and now they're doing crazy good you know like 30 listens a day mm. you know um, it's like just do it from the heart and ultimately that's what counts as long as you're being genuine in your music I don't think it matters where you post it. Unless you want to become super strategic and business-like about it. Which, when you're just starting out, is not important at all, man. Mm. Just get good at music. Yeah. That's what's important. I think what Gary Vee talks about is wait until you're 29. Yeah, yeah. No, I think he, <laughs> he tries to talk about like long-term goals. And exactly. a lot of people... I don't know, like, okay, this is just me <laughs> giving out my opinion. Yeah. But... Like, I'm more of a person who favors conscious rap, and I feel like we had that a lot with Tupac mm. uh, during his era. We've seen that with J. Cole, a bit of Kendrick as well. Mm. Um, but what's become more mainstream is sort of trap music, and I know J. Cole hates a lot on trap music. Yeah, I don't know if you said making trap, like, what? And say working with trap artists, man. Yeah. It's like, hey, bro. <laughs> okay, to be fair, yeah. Like, I think, I think, yeah, I talk about a lot by 21 Savage and yeah, J. Cole. London as well. Yeah, uh, Travis Scott and Jacob. I think I think what he was trying to do is like discover a new new aspect of his personality. <laughs> like yeah, and, and, and trapping is also I think he, he is, altered he added nuance to his trap. Like I'm sorry I'm about to get deep. If you haven't listened to KOD, yeah. um I'd highly recommend you listen to it because he he does the trap like, you know, flows and everything yeah. and people really like it, but he's actually presenting an alter ego. Yeah. So, like, he's trying to shoot the hypocrisy in Trap itself. And he's dropped three different songs, like False Prophets. Yeah. Um, I think there was uh, Everybody Dies and 1985, yeah. which is the intro to his next album, The Fall Of, yeah. right, where he's talking about rap. And actually, I'm going to get to that, right? Like, um, music is usually a form of self-expression, right? But some people find it difficult to see depth in a song like Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, like... Well, what, what's your take on how music should be used? Should it be used to... I know in, in some countries like Thailand, I was watching just from the Patriot Act that there's some people that are using rap to hit back at the... Like, as an anti-establishment movement against their own government. People have been arrested in Spain for um, rapping for Catalonian independence, right? We've seen just literally yesterday King Kaka, right? Literally dropping yeah. spoken word about you know yeah, you agenda. <laughs> yeah 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 just talking about spoken word yeah so like yeah. what what do you think that music should be used for uh i don't think 
it has a specific purpose mm-hmm. to be very honest um and that's why songs like gucci gang exists because that's what Lil Pump was feeling like, man. He was being hated on and he was like, yo, I'm still rich at the end of the day and I can buy a bunch of Gucci and you can't. You know what I mean? Mm. And he's 16, man. Mm. And I know J. Cole saw the value in that as well, man. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> that's how I view trap and all of these things. It's still somebody's story. Mm. Um, and I never, I wasn't a fan of trap either. Um, but very recently I've been getting into like Gucci Mane. I just finished reading his book as well. Um, I'm trying to see it, see music from a different perspective, and it's really crazy, man. Like, yo, mm. those guys really go through it when they talk about guns and violence and selling drugs. Like, that's what they do. Like, they, mm. like you know, that's the life they were born into. You yeah, know what I mean, it's like, yo, when someone talks about yo, I'm rich now. I used to be in the trap. It's like, yo, back then I used to sell drugs and live in a crack house. Yeah, and now I'm making millions. You know, yeah, it's, it's 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 all valid in my opinion. Um, so it's good that people do conscious rap, and it's good that people make love songs, and it's good that people make, you know, diss tracks. Like <laughs> all of them are valid, man. It's just some it's a form of expression in and of itself, man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I definitely, I I definitely see it from that perspective. Um, I would say though, like yeah, obviously there's a story, um, but. Um, one thing about music is it definitely has impact on culture. One hundred percent. Like in the states, gosh, in the last five, ten years, the moment that um Migos dropped culture, yeah, right. So even back from the days of like Versace, Versace, you know, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could see that Jeez. rap was sneaking into even when Drake, like Drake, has been the most streamed artist, and I think for Grammy nominations this year, I think I'm not sure how many albums for album of the year were rap albums mm-hmm. so we can see that it has a culture like yeah and like what culture would you want people to to receive from your music the thing is i think culture influences rap as much as rap influences mm. culture so it's cyclical uh, it's very cyclical and all amigos were doing were expressing where they came from mm. so for me i'm just expressing where i come from mm. and if that gets popular in the next you know 10, 15 years that's very good for me mm. otherwise I'll just tell my story until I die man mm. you know? it's like um, you can never really hope to get people on a specific trend sometimes trends just happen mm. so the best you can do is do you yeah like I keep saying just do yeah. you yeah no I get you yeah Ugh, it's oh yeah no it's it's, it's an interesting <laughs> little like just music in general because we've seen it evolve from i mean people think about it people back in the day used to sit back and wait for people like um beethoven like to come and play classical music and people thought that that was radical bro you know i keep telling people yo 200 years ago you would hear your favorite song once in your entire life Mm. now you hear it 15 times a day and you get tired of it Mm. you know what i mean (laughs) like yo things are gonna change man like Mm. we're in a really good place right now for music man that's why it's very possible for everyone to make music mm. and for those who are serious about it to make money. Mm. Yeah. And actually speaking, like, do you, do you believe that people should get into music if their main motivation is purely riches? Or do you believe that people should get into music if they actually love it? Like, does it ever become problematic 
to the point where people get too hungry for money and then it inhibits their career or do you think that there's still people that have gotten there and they've still retained you know the and they've been true to themselves um at some point um i don't know i don't see making money as diluting music in, in any way mm. um i've rapped about wanting to make money because i was making some really good music and it wasn't making money mm. and i say yo i want to make money man and i rap about it and then when i make money i'm definitely going to make a song about how much money i made because mm. i've made money you know what i mean um and I, th- I don't I don't think money should be the main motivation for music but it definitely should be one mm. if you plan on never having a career you're yeah be be driven by cash man trust me <laughs> trust <laughs> I guess there's a difference man. between opulence and comfort yeah because some people literally I mean Drake is just he's an outlier because he's one of the richest musicians out there I think yeah. his net worth is like 250 million dollars mm. Like it got to the point where I think was it Boeing gifted him a seven six seven with its own double bedroom and everything and it's like gold plated. Mm. Like, actually speaking on that, <laughs> do you think okay what what was what be the first thing that you do, right, when you make it, in terms of money value what be the different there? What do you mean by you make it? I guess I think I've made it right now. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, by your standards. I just made a paycheck like two days ago. Mm-hmm. I spent it on. No, I can't tell you what I spent it on. <laughs> I can't tell you what I spent it on. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't be done with your money, man. That's what I'm going to say. Don't uh-huh. lose all your guap. Don't blow all your money, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, okay. Um, Let me define by what I mean by make it. So um obviously like i'm assuming that by now you're not you're not ready to retire or anything <laughs> like from music <laughs> so that's a solid assumption bro i mean i was like i'm, I'm just yeah, assuming yeah, right because yeah, 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 you yeah, like you seem like you have the, yeah, yeah, you the energy that. the stamina <laughs> you can say that bro you can say that yeah mm-hmm. um so like actually just to flip it on maybe like maybe i'm asking the wrong question like what what would you define as making it cuz you've just said that you feel like you made it like i feel like i've made it because i'm doing what i want mm. in my life and i'm making the type of music i want to make mm-hmm. i have some amazing fans you know getting stopped in the street it's like as long as my music is making an impact mm. then i think i've made it that's powerful yeah Mm. and my music is making an impact so I've made it man. Mm. Yeah. yeah no I think that's I think that goes for any any sort of entrepreneur whether you're a creative entrepreneur yeah. or anything a lot of people um, believe that if their business is not making large scale yes. impact yeah. like people will start I don't know it's like it's a challenge that I'm dealing with as well because um, I mean sometimes I'm not going to lie like I think my podcast at the moment has around five like an, an estimated audience of five people that are listening um a lot of those people are family not going to lie right um but i think what keeps me going is the comments or you know the when someone tells me that that actually changed the way i looked at things mm-hmm. it's the moment that you can start to see that 
your work is impacting people mm. it becomes a long-term <clears throat> life goal rather than something material such as for example money obviously mm. money allows you to make more impact like Definitely. depending on how you use it yeah. but i feel like what is priceless for me is someone telling me oh my gosh like this this podcast really really just struck a nerve you know mm. like like i have the idea now i'm actually going to start something that's going to change my life just the other episode we had um um one muslim entrepreneur who said something that touched me you know mm-hmm. um and i think those are the moments that i live for like can you just yeah. describe some of those moments <sighs> have you had any of those moments where one of your fans just was really impacted by the work that you do i've had a lot but i think there's something crazy about being on stage mm-hmm. and realizing that everyone in the crowd knows all the lyrics to your song mm. it's really insane bro Mm. it's really insane that's when you realize like whoa you mm. could actually listen man like people actually listen dude it's crazy you know what i mean um yeah it's it's really something else man and to me that shows that whether they've just you know listened in their in their crib with their boy jamming or something you know they've taken the time out of their day to listen to what i have to say yeah i feel like a lot of people use music as either a way to escape or as a way to relate yeah exactly for a lot of things um yeah. obviously like i mean one thing i'm challenging i'd challenge people in the music scene to do mm-hmm. is obviously like people say it might stifle self-expression mm-hmm. but i think in many ways it might also grow it mm-hmm. um i've talked about instead of using like swear words right mm-hmm. to to like find either a metaphor or a simile or a storyline that gets you like your words across mm. right like obviously people might be like oh yeah but like yeah you know it's going to stifle creation and it does in some senses mm. but like i think it imports so much more of a thought process mm. into the words you're speaking because i feel like one thing that our generation takes for granted as well is the words we use yeah but words can change lives like have you seen there's so many artists where someone's like I was about to commit suicide yeah right but your words changed my life mm-hmm. I mean what's what's your take on how words are used in music um I think music is deeper than words mm. uh, and I think that's why it's it's a really good thing I have a background as a producer because I look at sound in general um when I think of music I think of sounds even when i'm mixing say i record a song i, I just recorded a song this morning mm-hmm. um when i'm mixing it i think of my voice in terms of the instrument mm. you know what i mean um so yes words can be very impactful words can be very um you know heavy if that's how the words are designed to be but there's some people who prefer to rap slurry and mm. to me it sounds really good you know what I mean like, <laughs> to, I see music in terms of sounds man. Mm. and with whatever I do I try to create an, an entire sonic experience for people in my music if you sit down and close your eyes and listen to my music on headphones you will leave the room whatever I'm talking about you will leave the room man. Mm. you know what I mean mm. um, yeah and that's very important to me as a producer mm. it's like you're curating a whole other world man. 
Mm, for people to like live in. Yeah, yeah, precisely, man. Um, so of course words are important in that world, but there's some songs where words are just not as important. Mm. It's like, yeah, it's yeah no, obviously, like, <laughs> sometimes I think we're starting to see a, it's a very big culture. A lot of people don't realize the, that lo-fi yeah. is becoming a huge 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 thing like I'm a lot of people use it lo shout out to dave by the way sorry um, just say that again <laughs> i was talking <laughs> no, no no shout out to dave dave makes lo-fi music uh-huh. great guy man anyway you know any snapchat handle or anything where guys can access just search him up on soundcloud it's just dave dave trust me <laughs> trust okay. me yeah yeah and no, i think okay yeah there's definitely i mean there's a lot of debate um about like which which music actually like m- in quotes is like mainstream or whatever but like there's so much so many different types of music made for so many different types of things like i mean i've just been on tiktok for the past three weeks or so Mm. right Mm. and it's crazy to think and see that songs that like you know one of these songs i think um one of the girls was performing on the side of the street and whoever's listening might (laughs) might probably know it excuse my singing but it's like Dance for me, dance for me, dance for me. Oh, oh, oh. Like, my singing is absolutely terrible. But I've, I've been sitting down studying, and a car is passing by, mm. and that song is playing. Madness. That's how big TikTok is becoming for musicians. Mm. And, like, there's songs like Lottery that have gone, like, they've, they've topped charts because mm. of TikTok. TikTok is becoming a streaming platform. At the same time, it's also becoming a video sharing no yeah. um platform yeah and do you think what do you how do you think i mean you might not have as much experience right but do you think tiktok is going to be valuable for musicians Bro, tiktok is already valuable man mm-hmm. i've been on tiktok for like three months mm-hmm. i've made a couple of videos mm-hmm. i only thought one of them was good enough to put out um yeah but i think tiktok is it i mean it's already the number one app in the u.s like period you know what i mean all the other all the other social media apps combined don't make it up to where tiktok is so i was literally just telling my partner the other day um as a musician it's very important for you to have your music on tiktok man it's very important man, because that's just another way to get your music heard man um and the chances of it going viral are so much better compared with most other platforms because tiktok uses ai um, and it's not necessarily like, you know, user generated. So there's people who've had their first video on TikTok go viral and they went from like zero to 10 Ks, you know, followers in a day, you know, um, it's pretty wild, man. Yeah. So I think no matter which way you look at it, um, TikTok is important. Man. Yeah. So right now I'm trying to, I'm trying to form a small TikTok, not form, create a small TikTok video. If you're interested and you're listening, yeah, all you have to do who have a certain video. Yeah, sorry guys. Um quick one. Uh we had some technical issues. I don't know if anything else could be heard, but <laughs> my charger wasn't fully on but um yeah like um yeah there we go so yeah thanks for everyone who's tuning in first of all um just big shout out to everyone 
Um, shout so, out to you. Yeah, shout out. We're, we're having uh, Chief Somololo from Chief, that he's a rising artist in the Kenyan music industry. Yeah. And we're just going to briefly be talking about the influence of TikTok, especially when it comes to music. So we've just been talking about how the algorithm works. So you have people who have zero followers, right? Mm-hmm. And currently you have more content than creators, mm-hmm. right? And people are consuming this content, right, on a massive scale, mm-hmm. right? So what's going to happen is the chances of your video going viral is going to, like, skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Like, have you <laughs> had any experience with that? No, I've not, I've not really posted much, but mm-hmm. I, I'm about to get very active on that, trust mm-hmm. me. I'm about to get very active on that. Yeah, no, I think if you're a musician, Gary Vee talks about it, you need to get on TikTok um, because, you, like, just stop judging yourself and post yeah, because yeah. who would have thought that literally a bass-boosted um, Chance the Rapper song would have ended up... Like, it's like a really old song. I think it's um, Superman, Muscle Man. I don't even know what it's called. Mm. But, like, it's gotten really popular to the point where it's actually a trend. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And what other platforms do you use to... How do you actually market your music, actually? That's the biggest question. <laughs> it's complicated, man. Mm-hmm. It's quite complicated. Um, yeah. In terms of... The marketing is tied to the brand itself. Mm-hmm. So look at it like... The music has to relate to me. And I have to relate to the music. So I post it. I post things related to the song that I've that I've released you know what I mean mm. I share pictures related to the song that I've released and I send the song to people it's like at, at the point where I drop a single my entire life or my entire schedule rather begins to revolve around that particular song so mm. whenever I go and playing the song on a speaker you know what I mean people ask me what's that song it's like yeah I made it it's this particular jam whenever I'm with people it's like have you heard my new song it's like, <laughs> mm. you know, um, yeah, that's in terms of promotion in and of itself. But if you think about marketing, remember, I don't know how many of you have done business, but marketing includes the product and the making of the product itself. So I spend a lot of time making music, period, mm. just like on my laptop, producing, writing, to random beats on YouTube, things I hear on the radio, um, talking to other artists. Um, collaborating, interacting with people. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I think that's about it. Yeah, I think it's 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 powerful mm-hmm. how a lot of people do their marketing. I think influencer marketing is becoming increasingly huge. One hundred percent. So you tell someone to use this at the back of the YouTube video or something like that. Yeah. Or you tell them, actually, you know, you guys have this sports festival, play this song. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, Shazam kind of becomes your... Best friend, man. Yeah, Shazam literally just, like, starts to, like, skyrocket you into that, like, upper bracket. No lie. And what's, what's been the experience? Like, I, I know some of your songs blew up, like, in your 10B days, right? As, <clears throat> as uh, uh, when you're producing EDM, what was the craziest feeling, like, when... Like, which song blew up the most? And, like, how did you react to that? Um, it's wild. It, it didn't really feel any different. Mm-hmm. Even after getting, like, after seeing, after hearing my song in a video and then seeing 30 million views down there, mm-hmm. I don't feel... Didn't feel... I didn't feel different. Hmm. 
And do you ever feel like the <clears throat> the the fame has got into your head? Nah, let me explain. I think a lot of artists mm-hmm. spend their entire career chasing a particular song that's going to make them feel a certain kind of way. Mm-hmm. But if you plan on having a career in music, you're going to make thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands of songs. Mm-hmm. And each one of them has to be good. Mm. You know, so you can just make based on trend, uh, for example. Uh, you can, but the type of music you make will consistently, I mean, it'll keep changing rather because the trends keep changing. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And kind of like a segue to another question. Mm. I mean, who are your favorite artists and why? Uh, Boy is number one. Mm-hmm. Because his music is good, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, his music is hey, yo, his music is actually just amazing, man. Mm-hmm. From the production to his voice control to the subject matter of his music um, to the live shows he puts out, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's clear he's very passionate about the art. And if you listen to his interviews. He doesn't care about the business, man. His mom is his manager. Like, he doesn't care about the numbers. He doesn't check that mm. stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, his mom is his manager. Yeah. It's pretty cool. His mom's been managing him since, you know? And like, what's been your favorite song from him? Hey, bro, I don't have one. <laughs> I have several, man. Have you heard Hallelujah? Uh, no, I've not, unfortunately. Why? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's an interesting one. But, yeah. um, yeah. And I like the fact that he's very genuine, man, you know? Mm. And I think that that also has a lot to do with hip-hop influence. And I think that's one thing that hip-hop has done that's very good for music in general. And it's mm. made, you know, expressing certain aspects of yourself okay. Mm. You know? Yeah. yeah. And do you feel like you've done that through 100%. your music? That's all I do. Mm. That's really all I do, man. That's what it's about, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I wake up. That's deep. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's really why I wake up. And like, yeah. do you find do you like which? I mean, music isn't really for everyone, yeah. but um, what do you feel like? I mean, who do you think should not be in the music game? I don't think I want to talk about that right now, man. Okay. I don't that's think I want to. There's some people out there who I really dislike because I've done some really bad things, not because their music is bad. Uh-huh. Because they've done some really... I mean, you don't have to say names, but, like, what characteristics of... Don't be shady, man. Just don't be shady, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't be shady, man. Come on. Uh, actually, really interesting question to follow that up. Like, someone like, for example, R. Kelly. Mm, right? Shady. Shady. <laughs> Do you feel like you can separate an artist from their music? No. Okay. No. Why do you say that? Artists make some music, man. Mm-hmm. It's theirs, um, and that's why labels really screw people over sometimes. Mm. And that's why, like, say after an artist passes away, mm-hmm. and then they release a song posthumously. It's almost n- always never as good as what they would have made because they're like because they weren't there to complete it. Mm, like a Vici, would you say? Yeah, like a Vici man. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sad, man. Still bring Avicii up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and no, I got I got really excited about yeah. his album, but yeah, yeah. No, I think 
like maybe speaking on that like um like what would this is a bit of a deep question mm-hmm. but what do you think you do mm-hmm. for artists once you've achieved such a big listener base like when you get there right what are you going to do to support other artists that are trying to get to where you are collaborate mm-hmm. um, to me it's not really about one specific person mm-hmm. it's about art it's about making good music in general so if I think I can make good music with you mm. like I've made music some of my biggest songs have been with people who've never made music before the first song they've ever recorded was in my house mm. I just told them you're a writer song record right now let me go grab a cup of coffee I'll be back in 20 minutes and I come back into the room we make something and it turns out amazing you know what I mean Mm. yeah so um, ultimately I don't think numbers matter when it comes to making good music man Mm. Um, and that's something I've maintained for a very long time so right now I'm working with several artists some of them are big some of them are huge Mm -hmm. millions of views type artists you can't disclose obviously not yet some of them are small time just starting out dudes you know what i mean Mm. and it's because i think we suit each other in a sense like we make music that can fit together Mm. if we blend our two styles can make something magical man yeah Yeah. no definitely that's an interesting perspective because i feel like a lot of artists make it and they well in quotes you know my definition of make it is kind of like I guess when you've reached that stage where your your impact and this is subjective for everyone it's like where i guess first of all it's like your it's your lifestyle like becomes becomes you've kind of created an empire where like there's many moving parts where you're not the only one that's kind of like the face of your music where there's a team behind you where you're kind of like i guess you're, you can see your impact not just through like comments mm. or everything yeah. but you can see it through like visual numbers you can see it through shows when you go and yeah. see people like i mean that's subjective for everyone in that sense that i've made it all 100 percent man mm-hmm. but i'm going to keep making it for a very long time mm. until i've made it even more yeah <laughs> yeah because like i think <laughs> i think for me the way i see it is like you can make it but in terms of goals like yeah. mini steps mm. so you can have your goal of okay maybe let's reach a million yeah, but even exactly. people like i guess you start to know perspective when the greatest of the greatest start to come into play yeah like i'd say probably like who's this who's this example actually let me use youtube as an example 10 years ago we would have thought a million subscribers was a lot yeah today it's like pewdiepie it. has a hundred million subscribers that's the population of ethiopia everyone and their mom is subscribed to PewDiePie. right and Are you subscribed to PewDiePie? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not. That's <laughs> why I'm not. I think on one of my accounts I am. And I spend so much time on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think even PewDiePie, it's not like he's going to just chill out, like, even though he's a multi-millionaire. Like, yeah, he's going to He's not even the richest YouTuber, by the way. You see? Like, um, but I think he has so much more ahead of him that when you're at that stage of the game, you can't afford to be complacent. Tiger Woods showed us that. True. The moment that you start slacking, you will lose your, your top spots. True. And you have to get it back. He got it back for a while, but then he topped off. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of sad, bro. It's kind of sad, bro. Mm-hmm. 
But ultimately, you have to think long term, man. You have to, you have to be very patient and think long term. Mm. I think the reason I am very certain that I am going to be very big in the future, that Chief Omar and I are going to be very big in the future, is because mm. I'm certain we're going to outlast everyone else, man. Mm. It's, a ma- it's a waiting game, isn't it? Everyone, man. It's a waiting game, but it's also it's very aggressive still, man. It's like mm-hmm. it's very intense every day doing stuff. Um, but it's it's even more amazing when you're seeing results, man. Mm. You know what I mean? And what do you say about that stamina? Because a lot of people, like I'd say, I don't know. It's it's a difficult thing, but a lot of people love to talk about things like entrepreneurship, about yeah. creativity. And they're like, oh, you have to work hard. But people don't realize how intense. Like, just for for the record, just describe the craziest day that you've ever had as a musician. And you're also, let's say, trying to balance school. What's been the craziest week, day, even month that you've had? Craziest month has been this last one. Oh, damn. Okay. Definitely. I've had some crazy days, but this month has just been filled with them. Mm-hmm. Like, even the past week has just been crazy have you slept yeah 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 um but released a song on saturday you should mm-hmm. check it out if you're listening it's called for sure it's on all platforms i'll link it in the in the post on facebook bet uh yeah yeah so release that song and it was sort of like out of the blue man i just wanted to drop something that day i'd come from my friend's place like having not even thought about it we had just released another song like two weeks prior mm-hmm and then I got to the house and I was just feeling so restless. So I called my partner up home and I called him. I was like, yo, bro. He was <laughs> he was having lunch with, like, I don't know, his girlfriend's family or something. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, man, why are you calling me right now? I told him, bro, <laughs> <laughs> I think we should drop for sure. He said, what do you mean? I said, I think we should drop for sure today. <laughs> We've been sitting on it and I'm going to go post it tonight at 7.15, man. He said, you know what, I trust you, bro. <laughs> go do it. And right now it's turning out to be... Our biggest, our quickest mm-hmm. growing single, man. It's just doing real numbers. And the best part about it is I can see the impact, man. Like, mm. through social media, people are really sharing that song, man. Like, my Insta has been blowing up, bro. People really share that song. It's wild. Like, thank you for the love. If you <laughs> shared the song. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. And it's from our new album, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were releasing an 18-track album very soon. Okay. 18 or 16. Yeah, I shouldn't even be given keep... this information. This is very exclusive stuff, man. If you're yeah, listening here, <laughs> to our one, to our one <laughs> loyal <laughs> listener out there. Yeah. Actually, speaking of which, yo, if you're that one listener out there, you can just easily make an account and um, just, I'd say, like, if you're interested, obviously just comment down below if you have any questions for... Out here. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. As we go into the last twelve minutes of our podcast. What yeah. was I saying? Um you talked about yeah. you weren't paying attention. The album? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're releasing yeah. an album. It's called Year Two. Um, year two, okay. Yeah, it's part of like a three project series we're doing. We released Kabla Year Two like two months ago. Mm-hmm. We're releasing Year Two, then we release Bada Year Two. It's like mm. before Year Two, Year Two, then after Year Two. Mm. Um, we put in so much work into year two, so much work, man. Oh man! How long have you been working for it? I mean, on it for? Um, I'd say the whole year, man. Mm. I definitely say the whole year. There's some songs in there that we started off early in the year. Um, 
just been chilling. So yeah, we've curated something very small. You know, we're gonna put it out, and I think it's going to do well. I won't lie. I think it's yeah, going to do. Yeah, no, I mean, whoever's listening, please do share. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, I think. Really appreciate that, man. <laughs> yeah. People often mistake that, or oh, because you're a Kenyan artist, you only want Kenyan listeners. But nah, yeah, definitely not. It's a diasporan community, you know, and I can attest to that in the UK. Yeah. That would probably really like your music. A lot of my fans are from the UK. I have, we have a bunch of listeners from the Netherlands. Turns out it's wild, man. Wow. Like I was checking out Apple Music stats the other day. Uh huh. We have people from everywhere, man. Brazil. Like Brazil, 17. yeah. I was like, what That's crazy. <laughs> That's really crazy. It's really wild, man. Yeah, I our music has spread around the world, man. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Both yeah, man. no congratulations. Hey, thank you, like, thank you, man. Thank you. Congratulations yeah. on the podcast, man. It's well done. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. It's, it's still in its infancy. I think it's, uh, it's turning two. Um, it's turning two. Like in two months. <laughs> oh, oh, I yeah. Two years. I mean, but I've been like, I've been doing podcasting for almost two years now. Crazy, dude. Yeah, so it's it's crazy. Like I, I didn't even know it's like been, like almost like one and a half years. Like man, like within by June it'll be, out of done podcasting for around two years. Oh, actually, madness. April. So yeah. Madness. Yeah. That's so, crazy. it's, I mean, it's it's a long journey. Like I guess um, from the listener's perspective, like. I know the listener is probably the producer um, that I talked about earlier. Mm. Shout uh, out to you. Yeah, shout out to you for tuning in. But what's the process that goes on behind um, making an album and what motivates you to get? I mean, because an album is not easy to make. Like Travis yeah. Scott took, I think it was two years to bring out Astroworld. Yeah, and that was one of the greatest albums of, of all time. time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sonically that was insane, bro. It was yeah, Mike Dean on the, <sighs> the Taikis. Yeah, oh Taikis, yeah. insane. Wonder Girls, insane. Yeah, but yeah, um, making an album starts off with making music. Starts off with making a song. Mm-hmm. For me, it was like I knew I wanted to put out an album um, by June, but some of the songs we started working on earlier, and we knew we were going to put out something. Mm-hmm. We just didn't know what. We had already released an EP beforehand. Mm, how did that do? It did well. It was our first ever project. Um, it got us a couple of shows. And a lot of people mm-hmm. still love those songs to this day. And which songs were those? Um, it was called, It's called The Ride EP. It's still available on mm-hmm. SoundCloud. It was free to download. Um, you know, That's when we said to make a bit of noise. Um, and since then, it's just been up, up, up. We released Kabla Yetu the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, it also did crazy well. One of the jams was used in a short film. Um, oh, yeah, it's wild, man. Um, mm-hmm. Then now we're working on Yetu. Now Yetu is like the big one. Um, I felt like it was important we put out an actual album, a, a show of work, man. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think it's important for every artist to do that a few times in their career. Mm. Just to show people like you're I'm serious, man. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you know, dropping the real, real stuff. Yeah, yeah, and you can spend like an hour and a half just listening to my story, to our story. Mm. That's what Yetu is about. Yetu is about our story. Yetu is about us, who we are. And when I say us, I don't just mean me and my partner. I mean us, like our community. Yeah, the people we hang around, the places we come from, our roots, our ancestry, our African background. Mm. All of that just combined into one. Man, I should have been recording that. 
No, don't I worry. We, we, we have it. Oh, we, wonderful. We have it. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, like it's about us. It's about our people. You know, um, we're trying to elevate this community now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to another level through our music. And we can see it's already having an impact. And we're trying to get more and more people involved um, in the music itself and in their own music. We're trying to inspire, um, you know, the kids out there who listen to us who I don't even know, man, you know. Oh, yeah, like, um, actually, interesting story. And <clears throat> this leads back to personal brand. Um, I did a summer camp this this holiday and uh, I was doing it on entrepreneurship. And I, I met this girl. And I gave an example of you as a rising Kenyan artist. And she's like, oh, Chief Gang? I, I listened to you see. the music. It's and I was like, wow. And like the thing is, it's, it's all about being connected. You, you never know. And this is, this is my policy. Like, mm. I don't want you to engage with any of the content that we're putting out on this show. It should not be a transaction. Like, you give me a like. It should be an experience. Yeah, facts. It should be an experience that sticks with you. Facts being on this podcast or listening you should take something out of it right and if you genuinely don't feel that way tell us right tell tell me like because the thing is i think nowadays and i posted on my facebook earlier like it's often it's very difficult to tell between negative energy Mm. and constructive feedback Mm. because sometimes they're very much intertwined yeah right so like to anyone on this show who has felt that it has an added value i want to know why mm. like there's no personal like attacks here mm. like i want to be in a position where i'm adding value to your life where it gets to the point where you'll be actually you know pariah nation is happening this sunday and i'm gonna I make time go 30 listen. minutes of my time and listen or on the way to car like uh, i'm in the car and i'm driving my kids to school and like you know pariah nation is on like how can i add value and, like i think music does the same thing it's like if people aren't getting the message from your music like you probably need to ask yourself why or is it that they don't like the message or am i just going to keep going with it and that goes down straight to the artist it becomes very subjective on mm-hmm. what you choose to listen to yeah and the yeah i don't like being uh i don't like being told what to do yeah with my music especially you have to really select what you listen to right in terms of feedback yeah even just take in in terms of feedback what i take in mm, i really don't like being told like oh you could have mixed that better like man you know how much time i spent in that mix <laughs> mm. okay no i've never been told that when i do i've never been told that in my life um no i have when i was starting out but like not mm. in the past year or so um i just I, with the amount of time and effort and energy that i put into my music i know it's good mm-hmm and that's the reason I put it out. It's good enough for me to say, you know what? I think other people should be able to listen to this. You know? Mm. And no matter what they say, as long as I think it's good enough, then it's going to stay out. Mm. You know? Even if it gets one play or view. I, if I thought that was a good track, it's, it's going to stay out, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's what's kept me going for all of these years, even with like zero plays and all that when I started out initially, it was like, and I thought the songs were really good, even if they were really bad. Mm-hmm. I thought, man, this is crazy. I need to release this. You know? mm-hmm. And as long as I'm releasing something and people are listening, you're going to grow. You know? Yeah, and I think it becomes very tricky because even as an entrepreneur, like, 
or as a creative, I think it's even harder for creative entrepreneurs yeah. because I'm trying to think about the the first person who came up with hip hop. People were like, "Oh, this is destructive. You yeah. know, you're ruining music. Um, you shouldn't do that." And all this other stuff and like even thinking that someone like beethoven who right now is probably not like mm, you're not gonna go to a beethoven concert yeah but like people do that yeah. right yeah. and orchestras yeah. um it's like i feel like it's so difficult to figure out like whether you should keep going on your track or not mm. and yeah like it's just it's it's really crazy man <laughs> like i think if you doubt mm-hmm. don't mm just don't do it if you doubt it then don't do it don't do it it's not worth it really <laughs> <laughs> nah to be honest if you if, if you have doubts you're really going to suffer man yeah you're really going to suffer dude like just do what just you're do completely it, sure about yeah, just do it yeah just do it hmm. like that's why i keep saying i'm so sure i'm going to make it and that's why i keep doing it i'm so sure i'm going to conventionally quote unquote make it make a lot of money hmm. you know and I keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of which, like, in relation to money and all that stuff, um, I'm just going to quote J. Cole. He's <laughs> mm. like, he says, like, don't stop touring because that's how we eat in this rap game. Yeah. Like, loosely. Cool. Right? 100%. Do you make more money off of tunes or music? Shows. Like, or 100%. Shows? You should know this as a modern musician. If you're not touring, you're screwed. <laughs> with, with, with streaming services, free streaming services like Spotify. Um, Apple Music, SoundCloud, YouTube. It's really hard to sell music, man. Mm-hmm. And even if you make some money off of those streams, it's nothing compared with, to what you can actually make off a show in a night. Mm. In one night, you know what I mean? This money, you make it over a period. Like, these stores pay you, is it three three to six months after you post the song? That's when mm. they start to count the royalties and pay them to you. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's up to their discretion. Um, if you don't mind, like how much would you make in royalties? Let's say, estimated. Let's say you got a thousand hits on your song. Nothing. Nothing. A thousand. Nothing. Eight thousand. Nothing. Hundred thousand is where I start to talk. Okay, depending on the platform again. Some platforms, especially the smaller ones, will pay you for fewer views. Because mm, you're getting people to hop yeah, onto yeah. the platform. But larger platforms, you only make big money if you make big big numbers mm. you know you only make money if you make big numbers that's why you should go do shows man and that's why we do a lot of shows man mm. but shows are tiring dude shows are tiring man. yeah i think i'm sorry to bring this up but i have to do it one last time <laughs> yeah. but our boy um avici i think yeah one of the main reasons why i stopped touring is because he developed that alcohol problem mm. yeah and like it's so um, easy to do that man yeah like what would you recommend for artists who are out there touring you know and like the it, it does it definitely affects mental health because like someone like i don't know how martin garrick says it but he gets like four hours of sleep so which isn't really healthy yeah like long term like he's been doing that for almost i think six seven months you know just trying to grind and get to the shows all around europe you see um it's heavy man but um just keep grinding if you think it's worth it i think you should keep grinding mm. i had a show the other day came home at four in the morning and I had to wake up at six, bro. Four? Yeah. I was promoting the single and I was meeting a few other people that day. Mm-hmm. So it was wild, dude, man. Mm. That was really intense. Um, you have to be a hard worker out here, man. 
You really have to be a hard worker. Cause mm. and, and everyone says hard work beats talent every time. But it's wild because there's so many more people out here who are working hard, man. Mm. It's not just me. And there's some people who are more talented than me who are working really hard. So I have to outwork them as well. You know. Um Yeah, it's 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 about the grind bro. And as long as you have your mindset right, no matter how many nights in a row you go without sleep, you will want to keep pushing, man. Mm. You, you just want to keep pushing. You yeah, and I think that's going to wrap it up perfectly for us. Wonderful. Um, keep pushing. Just Hearts even in Africa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. As, mm. as an entrepreneur, um, one of the most difficult things I'd say is just taking risks, especially if you've come from a background where you're highly educated and the path seems easier when you're given a nine-to-five job at a very high, highly paying company. Some people have come out here with first-class honors degrees from top institutions across the world that are guaranteed a job. <clears throat> and as I was reading Crushing It by Gary Vaynerchuk, he talked about the story of someone who was literally, he was a big-time lawyer ranked as one of the best in the world, right? But he hated his job. So he quit and went on a full vegan diet, lost weight, and became an endurance runner. And it got to the point where they were living in a shack in Hawaii. And his daughter developed trauma from that. Like, that's, that's deep. Mm-hmm. And, like, the guy still kept going. And I don't know where the hell he got that from. Mm-hmm. But he just got it. Right? Well, you're and, like, he... Yeah, like, some of the stuff that he did is, like... It's, it's absolutely crazy. He did... If you guys don't know what an Ironman is... It's, it's a challenge where you swim for I don't know how many, I think it's 10 kilometers and then you run for another 26 kilometers, something like that. So he did, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like he, he did that, but he did it three times mm-hmm. over the course of seven days. I know a guy talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like he wrote a book, he got royalties from the book and eventually it started paying for his lifestyle. Um, so like a, lo- a lot of people before they go into this stuff, they, 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 you really need to ask yourself, like, are you prepared to, to lose everything to get everything that you want? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest takeaway from me. And it's, it's something that if you're still young, especially if you're in high school, you need to start prepping for that. Yeah. Like if it means that you're selling sweets at your school, selling shirts or something. Yeah. So one day that when you're out of uni, you can actually get out of your house and start paying rent yeah you need to think about it long term you know yeah if you you need to start planning things out if you're not sure completely but like things will happen if you're providing value for the right people that's one thing it's like business has become more i'd say as gary v says it it should be 51 percent selfless 49 percent selfish Mm. right so don't just try to be extorting people but ask yourself like as a consumer, do I even give a damn about my product mm. that, that I'm trying to sell? Yeah. Would I, Listen. in the reasonable person's shoes, mm. buy my product for the price that I'm selling it for? Because at the end of the day, it's the consumer who decides how valuable your product is. Mm. True. Yeah. Anyway, guys, that's going to wrap it up for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to keep you. this show going. This is the first episode of season two here at Pariah Nation. If you guys have missed out on season one, we have five episodes. The first two or three are talking about the youth and certain things that we're struggling with, such as drug addiction, 
Um, for some people, it's a sex addiction. For some people, there's different things that they're interacting with that have really screwed up their reward circuits, right? So if you guys are interested in that, by all means, click below. I'm going to have a little link sent out on the Facebook post. And also we talk about entrepreneurship and the same thing is going to be for this episode. So for the next two weeks, I'm not sure who our guests are going to be. But when I come back, we're going to be interviewing Leroy. I'm not sure how to say his last name (laughs) or how to to pronounce it. Um, Oh, got it. Leroy Musaru. Right. And he is on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. Um, he does business in biodigesters and um, he's just generally a very influential guy here in Kenya. He's also doing a lot of youth camps and he's partnered up with Blaze, which is a huge youth agency here in Kenya as well. And then after that, we're going to be interviewing Gibson Munene in January. And we're going to be talking about the role of artificial intelligence and technology in entrepreneurship. Thank you guys again. This is season two. I'm really excited to get this off the ground. Anything else before we go, Andrew? Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Cheap uh-huh. Check us out. You single for sure on SoundCloud. Okay. Thanks for having me, man. Okay, wonderful. Love you guys, and I will see you in the next episode.